Welcome back to another episode of the MUFC OKC Redcast. I'm Tyler Vaughn. And I'm Alan Langston. And we're here to give you an American perspective on Manchester United. We're going to try. We're definitely going to try. Alan, we we won. We won a game, man. It feels pretty good. It felt it felt good in the moment. Kind of dirty. Uh, stealing all three points from Brantford at home. But we'll take it, man. We needed it. We needed the win no matter how we got it. Yeah, it was exciting, that's for sure. And, um, you know, better late than never. And uh, it was a nice little tribute to uh, Fergie's late wife uh, that a Scottish player scored in Fergie time twice to uh, snatch snatch that win at Old Trafford. Yeah, rest in peace, Lady Kathy Ferguson, all the tributes uh, pouring support for someone who, who, you know, was a very, very instrumental figure in United's history and, and, was incredibly important behind the scenes. So she'll be missed and hopefully, um, hopefully, hopefully Fergie enjoyed that one as long. Well. You know, he's watching. So, um, yeah. But yeah, having, having said that, uh, it was exciting game is kind of, uh, I don't know. It was, it was an awful game, I thought, for the most part until the end. I mean, the last 20 minutes or so, we kind of turned it on, but it was kind of the same shit, different game, man. And again, like we look, went down in the first half. I think that was our fourth game in a row to be trailing at halftime in the league or something like that. And, Really didn't do much of anything until I don't know seventy minutes or so. Kind of made some subs and, um. But yeah, that first goal was just kind of another, another example of how much of a shambles our defense is. Man, Casemiro turns it over and then ball gets in the box and I think it Lindelof tries to clear it and it hits to low and then it kind of bounces and then a kind of a shot through traffic that gets by Onana who you know. I don't know. I probably should have saved that. I should probably should make contact with. It. I don't know, dude. I don't. What do you think? That was. I thought it was garbage. <laughs> yeah, it was a calamity of errors for sure. Um, Casemiro tried to win it back after he gave it away in midfield with a slide tackle. It deflects off the player their way. So I understand. Like, there's a bit of unluckiness there, but you know, part of me wishes. I understand everybody right now on that team is probably forcing every issue to try and keep out goals and to try and score goals. But there are times with Casemiro, you know, I just wish he would kind of back off, just take your time. That guy might make a mistake. You can win it back because the second you slide in and you don't win that ball, you know, back for your team, you're out of position and now you're tracking back and you're chasing. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was just kind of calamity of errors. Lindelof, I I don't understand how his – a center back, you can't get a better clearance than that. But for whatever reason, he doesn't clear it very well. Bounces around. Amrabat and Casemiro are not in front of the player who ends up, I believe, passing it to Jensen, who took the shot. And I, I don't know what they were – I mean, Casemiro tries to pressure the guy in the box, but he wasn't – I don't know what they were doing. Um, neither of them were in front of the guy. So, yeah, that that just left him open to pick out somebody for a shot. But, yeah – would De Gea save it? it? <laughs> I mean, I would think so, but I mean, like we've seen over the last three years, four years, you know, De Gea's given up goals just like that. But Onana right now, I mean, he, he might be setting the record. He's got like six, maybe seven big mistakes over the last, you know, few games. So I, I don't know what's going on. He he is just devoid of confidence, it seems like, which is crazy because he came in with so much confidence and I loved that about him. Um, so I hope that Ten Hag and the coaching staff can figure out a way to uh, get him back playing with confidence and, and saving those those goals that he should be saving. 
Yeah, uh, fans are are kind of souring on Arnada a little bit, not just because of the mistakes, but he doesn't seem to be making any saves. You know, like he anything that's close to him, it kind of either hits his hands. Like he just, I don't know, it's kind of awkward the way he he'll dive for the ball. Um, it doesn't look like he shoots yeah. very far. Um, but yeah, or he goes down too early. Yeah, and that's what I don't like. I don't like keepers guessing. You know, I like De Gea. De Gea didn't guess. He he would just react. He would just wait to see where the ball was going to go, and he'd react. And I, I think that's the best. I mean, I've never been a goalkeeper. I'm not an expert, but from my limited knowledge, to me, it looks like that's probably the best way to go is just react. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's worth noting though um, that we were without any of our our first choice defenders, our back four, um, since Ferran picked up another injury, which is not surprising. Not surprising in the slightest. But uh, yeah. So without. Without uh, Martinez or Shaw, um, Marijuana Basaka, and then Regulon still out for a bit. I mean, yeah, we're just throwing guys back there trying to see what we can do. And it seems like we give away a goal, at least a goal every game. They're they're always, I mean, we say it's a calamity of errors and kind of unlucky, but it's like every game we're doing this stuff where it's just, it, it you know, if it happens once, you know, or twice maybe, but it's every week and it seems like we're, we're just shipping goals out and letting teams get on the front foot. And then a team like Brentford, who's not great. Like they just, they sat back and at that point, you know, they said, come and get us. And, and we couldn't, I mean, until Scott McTominay saved the day who, who thought that was going to happen. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, as, as good as it felt as euphoric as that, that win was and as happy as we all were buzzing. Um, it just, it makes me still worried that, that we still have a lot of problems. Like, I don't know. I mean, we yeah. play Sheffield United first game after the international break, and I mean, we go to their place, so um, that'd be a little tougher, yeah. I suppose. But I, I just don't even. I mean, I don't know, man. Honestly, don't know what to think of this team anymore. Like, it's just you got your your usual suspects that in the back. That although I should say usual. So Harry Maguire had a good game. He had a he had a solid game against Brentford. So shout out to Harry Maguire. He uh. He got the job done alongside Johnny Evans there, at least for the most part. Um, but yeah, it was. Yeah, I, 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 I just thought the first half was not great. Like in any part, like we just, it was and terrible. they were, we were like, we were like letting them take shots. Like James was, just, you know, or that we eventually talked to James about. That <laughs> 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 they were taking shots from outside the box, and it was like we're just, we're just giving them that time and space. I was just so confused. Um, as to what we were doing on pressuring them or getting back in time, I was like, that that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense that we're just going to let them take these pot shots at our goal. Um, again, I mean, I'm just I, obviously we got to we're going to question the defense a little bit, but the the midfield, I'm just like, I mean, are they, are all their legs gone? Like, are, can we not just simply come back and cover? Like, I just I'm just confused. Um, and I was hoping with Amrabat back there some it would it would help because it, it looked like to me like they were playing Lindelof at left at times and then I think in the second half they put Emmerbat back there. Yeah they so, they moved they moved around quite a bit. Um but I, I think I think it was Emmerbat and Casemiro in the midfield and so we were hoping that Casemiro would have the legs and help cover Casemiro. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I mean I think that's the first time they've been able to do that. So maybe Ten Hog has to kind of figure out how to make that work. But part of me is like if Casemiro is going to keep playing like this, you got to you got to drop him to the bench and put somebody else in there because we can't we can't keep risking it like that in my opinion. 
Yeah, and it's not like Casemiro's going to come back from this break refreshed. He's going off to Brazil. I mean, halfway yeah. around the world for qualifiers or whatever they're playing. I assume they're qualifiers. Um, and it's just like he's going to come back even more knackered. And he looks he looks off the pace. I don't know what's going on with him. I guess he hasn't – it really feel like since – I don't know. Since last season, I'm trying to think of the last time I really thought he was a, a standout player. I mean, some point last season, he was one of our best players. And his goals aside this year, he's just not been doing a lot. Um, he gives the ball. I think he did. Go ahead. I think he did really well up to the League Cup. And then once we won that, it, yeah. I don't know if he got tired. After, I thought I thought he trailed. He trailed off a bit after that. Yeah. And he just he's one of those guys who's got, you know – who's played for a decade plus at the top level and has probably, you know, got a little wear and tear and having to play, you know, with 60 games last year, whatever it was for United plus the World Cup. I mean, he just looks – he looks a little shot, and I don't know if he needs a breather. I mean, maybe maybe it's time, yeah, to to give to drop him, although it's hard to probably drop a guy like Casemiro who is leading goal scorer, and then you wonder if maybe he's trying to overcompensate for a, a lackluster attack and maybe he thinks he's got to do a little more um, until he's, he's, he's sitting a little higher up or trying – I don't know, but – he looks a shell of the player he was last year. And it, it's unfortunate because, I mean, I think we all thought alongside Martinez, like he was easily, you know, one of the reasons why we had such a turnaround season last year, one of our better players. And it's such sure. I think we all thought, yeah, let's, let's, we, we can rely on this guy. Another season of Casemiro in the midfield. Awesome. Like, let's go. And now I'm not so sure. Maybe McTominay's that guy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would be okay with Mc. I mean, as much as I've been critical at times of McTominay, I mean, I'm happy he's still around. But yeah, part of me is like, we almost need a Fred in this team just to have that energy and run around. You know, you worry about Fred giving the ball away just like Casemiro does, but at least he tracks back. He hustles all over the pitch because I mean, Casemiro's given the ball away in bad situations, but he's also not tracking back the best. So at least Fred had that going for him. But yeah, um, Casemiro, I heard on one of the athletic podcasts I listened to, he played the most games he's ever played in a season last year. I so even it. with his, even with his, what, seven games that he was suspended, uh, he still uh, played the most games he's ever played in a, in a season. So I think Real Madrid did a pretty good job probably resting some of the midfielders uh, while he was there. So um I don't know. Maybe maybe Ten Hag should consider that with uh, some of our midfielders. Just give them some rest every once in a while. But we'll see. I, I really hope he can turn it around because, I mean, right now, if we can get some defenders from the first team that Eric would like to pick back and Casemiro or Amrabat playing better, um, I think we could at least be difficult to play against. I mean, right now, I just feel like we're not even difficult to play against. So if we can at least get that going, then maybe the goals will start to come eventually. Um, but, yeah, right now we're not scoring goals and we're not very difficult to play against, which is just a bad formula all around. Yeah. Um, and speaking of other guys that are kind of performing, I mean, I think Rashford, I mean, we all think he's not scoring goals. The, the fans have kind of turned on him a little bit. You can you hear whenever he makes a mistake or it doesn't quite come off, you hear the groans at Old Trafford, you know, the fans are – they don't want to get on one of their own, but it's he's frustrating to watch. And I don't know if maybe he needs a break. I mean, when Garnacho came on, um, I mean, it looked a lot better. Um, and I'm not saying it was just you know Rashford's fault that it, it was lackluster and attack. I still think I still think Bruno on the right or right is a waste. Um, I, it drives me crazy, man. That we're still sticking Bruno out there from time to time and seeing if he can make it happen. Um, 
Yeah, but Bruno I, had a couple games last year that that kind of worked, but I agree. In general, I have not seen it work consistently enough. I just don't think it's a great idea. No, not for me. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess I'll give him a bit of a pass since, I mean, Rashford doesn't have Luke Shaw. I think I think people downplay the relationship they had and how well they worked on the left side together. Um, so having a guy like Amrabat behind him or Lindelof or whoever's playing left back right now um, – yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't work for him as well. He he can't rely on that overlap or you know working with another another wide player uh, to feed off of. But at the end of the day, he's just he's not making very good decisions, and it it sucks, man. I I hate it because there's if there's anybody I want to do well, it's Marcus Rashford, and when he's not, I just I hate it. I hate it so much. It breaks my heart. Yeah, you know? I, I know, I know. I agree. I would love to see him just banging in goals for us and and providing assists. Um, but yeah, I. I agree. I think the decision-making is definitely questionable at the very least. And um, I think he, I don't know. It, it's To me, Rashford looks like he wants very specific things to happen in order for him to charge in or make a move or otherwise he just does the simple pass back. Or, I don't know. I just see Garnacho come on and he's immediately like, all right, I'm going to charge down here and try to get to the byline and cross it. Or I'm going to cut inside and either one, two with somebody and go for a shot. And I'm like, I feel like those are very simple concepts. And Rashford just for some reason wants to either take everybody on or just kind of wait to see if he can fake the guy. And then if not, which it doesn't happen very much right now, he just passes it back. And I'm just like, well, that didn't really do a whole lot. So, yeah, I'm just I'm disappointed with kind of the effort and the decision making. Yeah. Um, But at the end of the day, I mean. Made some subs that ended up paying off. Um, there was actually a group of guys that that rocked up in the skinnies, like in the middle of the second half, and they were like, I don't know who they were, um, but they were like, you know, kind of shit talking a little bit and like acted like they were super knowledgeable, which they were saying some stuff that was pretty smart. But they were like, "Oh, Scott McTominay is your savior," and I was like, shut the f- I was so mad. I was like, "Shut the fuck up, man!" Like I was, just, <laughs> I was so mad. And then he like he scored those goals, and I was like, "Yeah, he's our savior." I was like, man." But I mean that that kind of that late late comeback is why we why we love the club, man. That's what United is all about. Albeit a uh, not a not a great performance, but still got those points. And um, yeah, I feel I still feel good about it. Still, I mean. Don't feel good about the performance, but still feel good that we got the a much needed win. Still in tenth place, though. I was just looking on the table and realized we didn't even climb. But twelve points, uh, eight off the leaders who are uh, surprisingly Tottenham Hotspur. Like, what the hell's going on there? Um, and only five points off the top four because there were some results that went our way last weekend. So, not yeah. all doom and gloom. At least we have a week off to kind of uh, to relish in in a in a nice uh, a nice um, I don't know a. I don't know what you want to call it. What what do we call that game? It was a, I don't know. I was going to say a, a, a nice win, but it wasn't a nice win. It was just a a relief. It was a snatch know. and it felt like a snatch and grab at home. Like it, it was just, a snatch and grab at home against Brentford. That's exactly what it was. It was, it was felt dirty. Like it felt, we didn't deserve that at all. I mean, I thought in the second half, we looked a lot better. There was more energy. We came out and really tried to get something going. Um, and we, we, we asked questions, you know, but sure. the last pod, me and you were talking about, I don't feel like we're even asking questions very much. And and we at least asked questions. We had 21 shots, eight on target. Yeah. Um, you know, we were, we were all over the place. We had seven corners. So like we were, we were trying and, and yeah. working it and it, it looked better. And it especially looked better when, when Ten Hag made some subs. 
Um, but no, it was by far not a not a pretty game at all. But I mean, maybe that's just what's going to happen this year with the injuries and all the off field issues. We're just going to have to kind of do things ugly and hope at some point when everybody comes back from injury, they can stay healthy. Ten Hag could get some guys into form and we can push on and make a push for a top four. Yeah. Well, um, I guess we'll see. I hope they're not like that every game. I hope we don't we help grind out results at home against the likes of Brentford. Um, but right. We'll take it. We'll take the points, uh, especially looking at the, the lineup we had out there. Um, but you know, yeah, like oh. you said, some chances. We had an, another goal chalked off for offside. Garnacho had a one that he should have probably done better with. Martial had a had a shot in savage time that he hit right to the keeper. So we at least created some opportunities. Um, you know that Martial shot like pissed me off. I was like, you're a striker, and you had I felt like he had time and he had space to pick a spot, and he freaking kicked it like a foot from the keeper. I was like, dude. Seriously, I know you're not informed, but come on, man. Like, you should be able to pick out a corner from there. Like, I'm hey, sorry. He, and then McTominay does exactly what he should have done. Yeah, McTominay's lethal, man. Um, freaking. He, what is he, he's he's our a second... play striker, didn't he? I in, think so, the, yeah. Uh, under 16s and under 18s or something. He's, uh, is he our second, second in goal scoring behind Casemiro? Is that what's going on now? Did he, <laughs> did he jump up? All- yeah, all our defensive mids, you know, just go up there, score our goals. Cool. Maybe we should cool. maybe we should just switch roles all around. Defensive mids, y'all go score. All of our forwards come back to midfield and play defensively. Sure. I, I don't know. Who knows? Just change it up. Who cares? Maguire, I think we gotta give him a shout out. He actually had a good game. Yeah. Um, he got an he got an assist for that for that for that winner. Yeah. I, I kinda I, I, I've watched the replay several times, I'm sure as many of you have, or as you have as well, Tyler, but I uh, I don't know that he necessarily knew what he was doing heading the ball. I think he just knew like I'm just need to put this ball you know in the center of the box and hopefully someone will be there and it it worked. No, dude. Everyone knows that Harry Maguire is an elite header of the ball. Um, he's never never messed up a header. He knew what he was doing, and I predicted a Harry Maguire assist to Scott McTominay for the the winning goal. I was the only person I think that called that. Um, so shout you should have put a bet shout, on it. Shout out to me. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> No, but yeah, yeah I saw credit, that coming. Credit where it's due. Uh, you throw the ball in the box, see what happens, and they made it happen. Um, Scott McTominay will probably be uh, won't be sold in January. We all kind of thought he was on the way out. <laughs> probably would have been uh, if they could have agreed to deal with West Ham or whatever it was. So, uh, yeah. we need Scott McTominay. That's all. That's all we're going to say, I guess. We have to rely on him a bit more. I bet. Yeah, yeah, man. I I hope that he can keep coming on and providing big goals like that whenever we need it or, you know, just to put a game away. That'd be great. Well, do you think this is a turning point in the season? Hope so, right? Man, I sure hope so, man. We need something. I mean, the celebrations afterwards, I mean, it looks like this team is trying to stick together and trying to create some sort of unity and cohesiveness because they know that right now it's rough um, and that, you know, several of them just are not performing like we've been talking about so far this pod about um, just up to their level. So, you know, I, I really hope, man, Ten Hag can figure it out and um, get players to start performing better. Um, I don't know if it's just mentality or like we've been talking about, maybe it's just the legs. Uh, but, yeah, I really hope that this is a good, you know, a good – you know, last year against Fulham, we pulled out the winner right before the international break. And um, I think we went on a bit of a run after that. 
Um, it was right before the World Cup, actually. It wasn't an international break. It was right before the World Cup. And then when we came back, Rashford just started banging in every goal possible, and we went on a nice little run. So, I mean, I would I would take something like that again, for sure. Oh, me too. I think we all would. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. The scenes at the end of the game were incredible. Uh, Scott McTominay afterwards, his interview, how giddy he was, and referencing <laughs> watching the Beckham documentary on Netflix and how it kind of inspired him and all that. And um, actually I think we're gonna talk about the, the Beckham documentary here in a minute. Um, but before we do um, you want to, you want to throw it over to our special guests we have um, talk to them for a bit and then, and then come back and, and do some other stuff in a minute. Yeah. I accidentally gave a sneak peek earlier, but yeah, let's hop yeah. to it. Well, we, uh, we, we got a, a James Ward on the pod. He's going to join us and, and talk some soccer. So uh, we'll throw it over to James. Um, be right back. All right. We are joined today by a special guest from a land called Enid, Oklahoma. His name is James Ward. If you've been to Skinny's for any of the big games and maybe some of the smaller ones, you've probably seen James and probably heard his mom, Liz. Um, there, uh, there's some of the probably lively folks. <laughs> yeah, pro- there's some probably about it. She's the, lar- she's the loudest patron by far. She is definitely the loudest. Uh, James, welcome to the MUFC OKC Redcast, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I've been wanting to do a guest spot since uh, episode one, so very excited to finally get my opportunity. Yeah, you're well, welcome, uh, James. You're one of the first listeners, so we appreciate that. Um, James, we won't, uh, won't take up too much of your time, but we just want to kind of talk about your story, why you support United, what you think of the team, uh, favorite memory, stuff like that. But um, first and foremost, let's give you a shout out. You you and your mom come from Enid all the time, like more than a lot of people. You make that drive into Enid, um, from Enid into the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City to Skinny's for games. So shout out to you guys for for doing that. I know you have stuff going on in the city from time to time, but I know you all love coming to the pub anyway. So, um, oh, yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, what uh, what's the soccer scene I, like in Enid though? I never, I know we talked about it a little bit. You can't really watch games there, can you? I guess, I guess if you want to go like Champions League or afternoon games, maybe you can find a spot, but. Uh, well, most of the time, so, I mean, the, we don't really have like a soccer scene. We don't even really have a sports bar. Um, I believe I was in, uh, when we were in Houston for the, uh, the Madrid game, I, uh, told you, oh yeah, we, we have bars called Buffalo Wild Wings. That's where a lot of, uh, <laughs> that's where a lot of the sports watching gets done, which is, uh, you know, if it's not in my house, it's like, maybe I'll get like a couple friends together and we'll go to watch, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings. Like I can usually round up like a homie or two uh to go watch like a u.s game but never it's i mean plus it's never open for like a club game sometimes like i will like if it's a big man united game i can convince my friend will to like he'll watch it uh and we'll talk about it like in discord like while we're watching it at the same time that's that's usually about it just because some of my friends have you know like some, you know hectic work schedules and stuff like that so but yeah otherwise not it's like pretty much just watching at home or um I will have I i'm notorious both when i worked at the store and when i work in my office now that I will have the games on in the background. I used to have the games on my cash register and like I, the manager would be like, put your photo. be like, no, like this is, this is as close as I have to organized religion and you can't step on it. Like I'm, I'm going to watch <laughs> this on my register. Like it's, I'm not bothering anybody. It's not up too loud. Like it's, it's fine. So. I love that. That's hilarious. Well, how did you, uh, how did you become a United supporter? I mean, I feel like that's a, a layup question, but go ahead and uh, just tell us what happened there. Uh, mom raised me, me and man United supporter. Um, I have, uh, very early memories of 
my mother screaming rude Van Nistroy at the top of her lungs because that was, you know, she would watch it. You know, my dad would pay for whatever, you know, premium TV package so she could watch the United games. And I, I heard rude Van Nistroy a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, just because he used to bang in so many goals. But, uh, you know, uh, there's actually also a baby picture of me. Um, I'll have to share it on the group one time. But uh, there's a baby picture of me like pretty much just fresh out with like a little man United onesie on. So, uh, but I didn't really start to take it seriously until like probably like freshman or sophomore year of high school because um, me and my friends, because uh, I'm a military kid, moved around a little bit. Um, uh, me and my friends the at the time, we started playing FIFA a lot. And so we, you know, we were like, oh, you know, we each need a team to, to play in FIFA. And of course I was like, well, I'll just pick, you know, Man United because, you know, obviously we're the best. Um, and obviously the, uh, the 2010 World Cup happened too. So ever since then, I've just been a, you know, big, I, you know, I love the World Cup, but I, you know, I love, you know, Manchester United. It's, uh, it's my favorite team, you know, till I die. So as, and it has, as it has been from birth. So. Love that. Yeah. You're one of the few people that I know that's born into it. Most American fans that we've talked about on this podcast before are just kind of, you get to a certain age and you pick a team for whatever reason you caught them on, on TV at the right time or FIFA, but you were actually born into it. You had no choice. Basically your mom would never allow you to, to support Liverpool or city or anything like that. No, absolutely not. And I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's been, it's like I said, it's been made it from day one. I mean, I loved, um, uh, I loved watching Rooney and Berbatov. That pairing was like, I used to love watching that. It was, it was you know, it was really, it was just, it was, it was, it was cool to watch. I loved, you know, the finesse of Berbatov, you know, the ability to be in the perfect place at the right time. And also just the, you know, the, the Wayne Rooney approach, like the direct approach, like this, you know, smashing as hard as you can from wherever possible on the field and just hope it goes in. So and you're watching games. Oh. I mean, cause we're, we're going to age ourselves a bit, but you're much younger than us. And you're, you're probably what watching, those games as a 10 year old. I don't know. What, what year are you born? You're born late nineties, right around the turn of the I century. Born, I, was born, I was born 95, 95. Okay. In mid nineties. So you're not as, okay. You're not quite as young as I thought you were, but you're still younger than us. Um, yeah, I was four. Angry. I, I was four when United won the treble. I don't, I don't remember anything of that. Cause I just don't remember. I, uh, it's, it's not something that's, you know, I wasn't old enough to like register yet, but I do, I do definitely have memories of like watching, you know, or at the very least, you know, I'd be wandering around the house, you know, doing whatever little kids do. My mom would, you know, have the game on, you know, and be like, you know, mom, are we, you know, are we winning? Are we losing? Like, what's going on? She, you know, sometimes she'd tell me the story. Other times she'd be like, shut up. Like, it feels like a stressful game or something like that. So, so that, you know, that's, there's that. But as I get older, you know, we, you know, we really started to bond over and stuff like that. So, so James, do you have a, a favorite player? And I also like to ask people if they have a favorite goal that stands out in their memory. Man, I probably have a solid. If I had to guess, if I had to give like a who is my favorite player answer, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give. I'll give you. Yeah, I know. I'll give you three. Uh, I'll give you three because I can't really separate them. Um, Robin Van Persie, uh, Ibrahimovic, and I gotta go. I gotta go with Rooney. The man likes strikers. strikers. Yeah, all strikers. I do. I do do like strikers, but I also appreciate the midfield. If I had to keep listening, I'd probably, I'd probably put like you know, there's some others, but I love, I love striking. I love if uh if I have to leave in Allen's next time, what's my favorite goal? 
probably Robin Van Persie where he scored and like does like like he scored I think it was off a free kick and he went like celebrated like he ran all the way back to the bench to celebrate with Sir Alex. Yes. It was off a free kick. That was uh that that Van Persie season is well I mean it's lost him won the league. So a lot of good memories there but I mean that was that was a highlight real season for him. He scored like every game and some incredible goals, man. That was uh Was that the comeback against Southampton goal? Um, he ran to Sir Alex. I'm I'm trying to remember what that was. Or was that the the city goal? He ran behind the goal and ran right in front of the fans. I can picture running Sir Alex. I can't remember what game that was though. I feel like it was an away game, but I don't. I don't know if it was Southampton or not. That has it might have been. It might have been. It might have been the volley he had. The free kick I do remember against City. That's a really good one too. But I've been like the the volley that he just took and slotted in. That to, that to win the prem, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, a yeah, lot of good emotion behind that. I was, I, I had liked, I had liked me and Percy at Arsenal, and I actually have a distinct flashback to it being summer transfer season. And my mom hates, uh, she always hates <laughs> when I, she always has this weird like, I don't like players who like didn't start with Vienna United, like because he came from a big rival, you know, he came from Arsenal. Uh, I saw the news on Sky Sports. I called my mom, hoping like because you know she was at work. I didn't know if she could answer or not. And uh, I was like, was like she's like, what? You know, she's like, what's up? And I was like, guess what? She said, oh no. And I said, yeah, he signed. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, I liked him so much. I got his. Uh, I got. I have his jersey. I have two player jerseys in my closet. One is Van Persie, and the other one is Ibrahimovic. Those are, those are, those are the name player jerseys that I have in my closet. I think a lot so of your people, mom wasn't okay. go down. Your mom wasn't as excited about the signing as you were. I take it. No, she was not. She she uh, she, she does she does not view like she called, you know she she does not view teams who like I wouldn't say he abandoned it, but she'll like you know why do we want an Arsenal reject when it's obviously he wasn't an Arsenal reject. You know he banged in a bunch of goals. For he Arsenal came off too. a golden boot that year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like just you know just give him a chance, like just you know just see what he can do. Hey, but this is good because now we have stuff to talk to Liz about. We're gonna be like, Liz, what? What's the deal? Why don't you want yeah. Van Percy? You know? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Wait till you hear my mom's thoughts on Onana. You'll probably have to censor some of that stuff out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, better, you better, you better put the, uh, you better put the explicit warning on that podcast. You better put the, uh, the content warning for those kids out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the Van Persie signing. A lot of people kind of had mixed feelings about it, but he said all the right things and immediately started banging in goals, and people kind of forgot. And then was well, it a league title? So I mean, people remember him fondly for his time, and I, I wish we'd gotten a couple more good seasons out of him. But Fergie retiring, I don't think helped matters with him at all, and he was kind of injury prone. So honestly, I could see Van Persie. Van Persie's one of those guys who, like, I think he's just started to dip his toes into management. Um, honestly, Van Persie's a guy I could see like when he's in his older years, like, yeah, I could see him come back and being in charge of the club. Like if, you know, if Arsenal doesn't get him, like, you know, maybe he'll, he'll eventually make his way to the Premier League. I could see Van Persie being in charge at some point. I'd be all right. That will, I guess, speaking of management, how do you feel about Eric Ten Hag and the, the current state of the team? Oh, man, it's, it's a, it's a challenge. I mean, it's, you know, he, he, it's, it's always seems like one step forward, two steps back. Like he, he he'll do something right and then like he'll he'll try his best to do something right and then like somehow the game will just not go our way um i mean and the league to be fair like the league i think the league has only gotten better the past few years um just like with all the talent like all the money coming in um 
I mean, look at what happened last year with Brighton finishing, you know, as high as they did. Um, but honestly, I feel like I feel like Eric is the right man for the job. Like he he he's had some big calls to make, and he's made the big calls. And you know, do they always work out? No, but I mean, it's you know a little little trial and error until he finds the right mix. So I I would not there there are there's no managers right now that I'd replace him with unless unless Sir Alex decided to you know force himself out of retirement, which we all know that's not going to happen. So. But he, there's there's no current top tier manager that I would replace him with. That might be the so, most you, eloquent and level headed thing ever said on this podcast, James. That was that was very well said. <laughs> so James, you you Not like strikers? What do you think of Hoyland so far? Uh, so fun fact: I actually have a uh, I I got into uh, as as you guys know, I uh, I play I play Magic the Gathering and I you know dabble in other stuff. I actually got into soccer card collecting. And uh, I have a Hoyland rookie card from uh, Atlanta, uh, laying this stack somewhere. Um, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, he's he's already separated. I'm gonna send it in to be uh, to be graded. But uh, but no, I was excited when I heard him. Uh, like he is he's really young. Don't get me wrong. He's still, but he has so much potential. Um, just his goals, uh, his two goals against Galatasaray alone. I mean, it's you know it, they were both you know pretty decent goals, and I feel that if he continues to start and do well and if we actually put some like decent decent feeding in uh that he's just gonna he's just gonna he's got that poach ability he's just gonna be there he's gonna knock it in every time as long as you give him the opportunity so it'd be really interesting for that first manchester derby to see him versus holland like that's gonna be a that's gonna be a that's gonna be a wild matchup so but yes i do i do i think he's got i think he's got a lot he's he's gonna be a great man united player I agree. He's been really fun to watch. Definitely a breath of fresh air. I just, I hope that we don't rely on him too much. I hope the rest of the team picks up the slack because we've, uh, I mean, as nice as that win was the other day. Um, hey man, McTominay should just start every game at this point. No more super sub McTominay. Like if he's, <laughs> he's banging in goals for Scotland and Eric Ten Hogg's like, yeah, put him on the sub. Like just like he's, he's, I think he's Scotland's like they're, they're qualifying for the Euros and he's already like, he's got like six goals for them. It's like, you know, just, and obviously he's got the stuff to, the stuff to do it now. So why don't we just, you know, just start him? Like, just put him, put him out there. Let him play, coach. He's probably earned a yeah, starting put, spot after the break for sure. Let's put McGuire, Hoyland, and McTominay as our front three, and we'll just play like a three striker head. It'll be great. Everybody else defend. Just let them do their stuff up front. It'll be fine. Chaos. Just lob balls into the box. Let them go. Yeah, I want. Mag- I McGuire's just gonna I want, head it. I want Mount and McTominay right next to each other. Just feeding balls into the middle. That's what I want. Yeah. We haven't been doing that enough this season for whatever reason. But I also just like I don't know if it seems like it to you guys, but there's been times where it's like I think I can't remember if I said anything to I think I said something about to my best friend Tony, but I don't remember if I said anything to mom about it. But I was like, they'll get in front of goal sometimes where they'll get within like, you know, like, you know, outside the box and it's like it almost seems like they're so hesitant to shoot. Like it's almost like they don't want to miss, but at the same time, it's like they don't want to take the shot. And it's like, you know, what happened to just like, you know, just try it and, you know, to see if it goes like, I know Eric's probably like a very, you know, he's probably like a very, you know, don't shoot unless you actually, you know, absolutely have like, you know, the opportunity, but it's like, sometimes you got to take the risk. It's like, you know, like it just seems like we're, you know, just sort of gun shy around the goal now, unless it's, you know, it's like when we should be, you know, we should be just banging them in. So Agreed. I don't know if it seems like that yeah. to you guys, but it's it, like there's been a couple of games where I'm just like, just shoot the ball. Yeah, they try and like, walk don't it. Hold they just, it so long. 
they try and pass in the back of the net a lot when they when they need to just be more direct with the ball. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It's frustrating to watch because you you have a lot of guys capable of hitting the ball from distance and they just don't. They they pass it around trying to find the perfect pass and it's super frustrating to watch, man. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the, it's 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 not my preferred style of football, but it's like it's sometimes just like when you just just be direct, just shoot the ball, just see what happens, like just take the risk. You know, so what if Eric makes you run the extra ten laps of practice if you miss? Like, come on, just do it. Like, it does. It does seem like there's coaching to go around the box or to the byline and then pass it back. It, it, it's yes. what it seems like. Which, yeah, which, seems- which is fine. Man City does it all the time. Arsenal seems to work for them too. But I agree. I, sometimes I think in some of these games we need to be more direct and just take shots, take chances. Miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. That's what Michael Scott. Exactly. Said. Michael exactly. Scott. That's right. Hey, so James, I was I was curious, what is uh what does a game day look like for you guys? Are you watching in the living room? Do you guys have like a game room you're watching in? Do you watch together? Do you and your mom have to watch separately? Like, how's that work? <laughs> uh, usually have to watch separately because nine times out of ten, moms are working on Saturday. Um, oh, okay. Moms usually work depending on depending on the game. Uh, if it's like a, though, I'm really glad also this season there doesn't seem to be many of them. But like, if the game's on at like six. Uh, I'm usually a late riser. I will, I will wake up at seven and just, you know, hope for the best. I'm like, Oh God, like I hope we're winning when I wake up. Cause it's like those six AM <laughs> games were just murder, especially like, you know, except, you know, if I'm like out late, you know, like gaming with the guys or something, but it's, uh, you know, normally most of the time we're watching separately, um, watching, you know, watching at her work, watching at my work. Um, very rarely are we ever both at home for a game. The only times, gotcha. honestly, the only times we watch together are usually the times when we come down to skinnies. So, gotcha. Nice. So, otherwise, otherwise, that we'll, you know, we'll watch them and then we'll discuss the highlights. You know, whenever we both get off work. So, you yeah. have plans to? Do you have come back to skinnies anytime soon? Um, I need to look at the schedule. We need to figure it out because I'm trying to get my girlfriend Grace to come down for a game. Um, so just so she can see kind of what it's about. Um. But because, uh, uh, you know, obviously she's not, you know, much of a soccer fan yet, but I told her, I was like, you know, don't worry, we'll, we'll get you there. <laughs> um, Just show her that movie, uh, 7th Street Hooligans or whatever it was called. Just Green Street I, Hooligans, whatever it was. I, I, will, I, will not, I will not show her the movie. If anything, a better segue would probably be like something like Bend It Like Beckham or something like that. That might be a, <laughs> that might be a, that might be a better one that I could get away with. Either that or maybe, um, Will Ferrell's uh, kicking and screaming. Just do that. Or Shaolin soccer, I can maybe get away with. I watch a lot of I watch a lot of sub anime. I could probably get away with Shaolin soccer too. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Right on. But, well, uh, James, yeah, so. anything else you wanna you wanna add? Or you wanna talk about? I mean, we we covered a few things, but and we can we can talk United all day. And I know you know your stuff, so. Um. Where where are United going to finish this season? Let's get some predictions. Uh. Top five. I would hit. I, I I would like another Champions League qualifying run. Uh, because I don't. After after the game against Bayern and after the shocker against Galatasaray, I don't know if we'll if we'll do that well. Uh, in the Champions League now, but I mean, if we drop down to Europa League, I mean another deep Europa League. I mean, we won the Europa League before with you know, I would say an almost a little bit more talented group of players. Um, but we also had Ibrahimovic banging goals to drive us to the Europa League final. So. Um, but I would say, you know, I could see us finishing in the top five. Like I said, the league is just so there's, there's so much, the Premier League has just gotten like so wildly unpredictable in the past few years. I would say ever since like, ever since Leicester, like shocked the world 
the league has only like gotten better. The opponents are getting better. You know, I mean, you know, West Ham won the conference league last year. Um, just, you know, there's, there's you know, it, you know, just unlock every time, every time something like that happens, it just unlocks, like, you know, they're, they're able to buy new players, they're able to focus more on the Premier League. And, um, cause I mean, I, I'll watch, like, I mean, I don't know how much like actual like soccer you guys watch, like, you know, besides United games, but like, you know, I will watch, you know, every Premier League game that, you know, just to have on the background, I'll watch Premier League games. I will watch, you know, watch whenever the U S is playing, I'll watch, you know, the U S men's national team. Um, but I'll even watch, you know, like, you know, oh, there's certain, you know, Syria on, I'll watch, you know, the, the Milan derbies and stuff like that. Like I, I will, I will, I will watch soccer. Like, you know, even, even if it's just like a local, like, um, the Liga MX, you know, the Mexican leagues or like, you know, the, the, the CONCACAF champions league, you know, it's, if it's on in the background, you know, at the very least, you know, I'll be like slightly paying attention to it. So you're a football junkie, man. That's what you're trying to say. You love it. I do. I have a. It's not. I should have. Uh, I should have had my video facing the other way. You can see my. Uh, I have like one half of my shelf uh, is dedicated to uh, like soccer autobiographies. But uh, nice. But uh, yeah, I, I you know read about the game. I you know watch about the game. I listen to podcasts about the game. I'm you know I I, I will try and convert everybody I meet into like a uh, into a soccer fan. Like it's uh you know I am I always, I am the most annoying coworker whenever the World Cup is on because that's all I will talk about. Like that's all I like. Uh, like when the World Cup was happening in 2022, I was still at the store. There were there were a couple of times where it's like, hey, like I'm gonna be late because I want to see who wins this game. Like, cause you know, and then I, or there'd be times where I've been up since like 4 a.m. because like I wanted to watch like, you know, the Japan Costa Rica game. So just because you know I love watching it and like you know some of the other teams like interest me. I love to watch. I love to watch. I I love to watch other countries and like their style of football, just because it's so interesting to see like. Not everybody has the same idea. Um, I also love when players are brought in, like to the Premier League and other stuff, and other leagues where, like, from like let's say like, you know, a, like a like country where you don't get that many players. Like there was a guy from Georgia tearing it up for Inter Milan last year, and I don't remember his name. It's also like it's one of those ones with you know, so many vowels and consonants you can't even pronounce. I, I will not pronounce it right, but it's like, you know, just I love when c- countries and players from, like, you know, underserved areas get to shine on the world stage. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but the, um, the Tottenham manager, uh, Pasta Koglu, um, he brought – he used to manage in Japan. And when he signed for Celtic, he's like, hey, like – I know what's going to help us win. And he signed like three Japanese players from the Japanese league. And uh, one of them, I think it's Fukurashi. Uh, he's our top goal scorer right now. Like still, like he, he's banging him in consistently. So I love watching that kind of stuff happen. Uh, it just really interests me as like, uh, as a, as a viewer, like, you know, I love to watch that. You know, I love, I love uh, Matoma from Brighton for that reason too. It was like Matoma, Matoma literally has a degree. I don't know if you guys know this. He has a degree in dribbling. Like he went yeah, to. Yeah, he wrote he his wrote, thesis on it. He wrote his thesis on it. I was like, that is. I don't want to the F on there. That is freaking cool. Like it's you know it's just stuff like that. I love I love it. It's one of the reasons I love soccer so much. Are you? Yeah, uh, Brighton has like Venezuelans and all sorts of guys that they're just popping up out of nowhere. You guys, I mean, their, guys know their where, recruiting's been amazing. You guys know where uh, Newcastle got Miguel Almiron from? I mean MLS, MLS, right? He came from the MLS, but he's also from Paraguay. He right, was the yeah. he's he's the he's the which is also going to be one of the hosts for that god awful twenty thirty World Cup. 
but uh, it's uh, he's from Paraguay and he's uh, from one of those like little Paraguay's that like one of those little South American nations that you know doesn't get much love because it's not Argentina or Brazil or even um, or even you know Chile or Ecuador. It's, you know, it's just you know the tiny ones. But yeah, it's like stuff like that. I love when a player is like you know you know he's like he's like the national hero. You're rooting for the underdog. Kind of the unknown. Yeah, I, 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 I like it. I like a nice underdog story. That's why, I like, I, I really like the current group of U.S. men's national team players because, like, we used to be dog terrible. Like, it was just terrible. Like, I would actually actively root against the USA because we would always lose. And but then it's like it all started to change. Like, you know, towards the you know, it's like towards the end of my high school career, um, I like started seeing like you know more more like more and more players like you know just like they wouldn't, you know, like actual like good USA players. And like, now we've gotten to the point where it's like us players are commanding huge sums of money, you know, wherever they go. Because, you know, we have the talent pool. And I also, I also think like, it's, it's better that our neighbor is Mexico because there are so many Mexican nationals or kids of Mexican nationals who were like, you know, Mexico has this, Oh, they're not good enough to play for the, for our national team. And so those kids, you know, they use that FIFA rule that lets them change their parentage or that, you know, lets them change their national team based on their parentage and they'll play for the USA. And there's like three or four of those guys who decided to do that. And I'm so thankful because they're all so good and they make the team like just that much better. Are you a, are you a house divided? I mean, your mom obviously is a, a devout England supporter. So do you guys clash over that? Uh, Let's just say I would have been happy with either team winning uh, when they played each other on Black Friday. Uh, but I don't know, man, it's, it's really hard for me to pick. It's, I love them both. I love players on the teams both so much, but it's like, honestly, like if either of them, I mean, I, I would actually say this England deserved to win the world cup more. That is 100%. Like I, I feel like we, we had our chance in 2018 and we kind of blew it in the euros. Um, but the USA, I could easily see the USA winning a world cup in the next like 20 years. Before England because, wins another one, who wins the next World Cup? Who wins one first? Who wins the one first? I mean, we get the home field advantage next time, baby. That's uh, yeah. we got we got the home field advantage. Uh, you know, as long as we uh, as long as we don't choke against anybody like Mexico or anybody like that, we get, I, you know we get that home field advantage, and I can't wait for that to happen. I just hope all the games close enough that I can actually go watch. Imagine uh, Dallas gets the World Cup final and the U.S. makes it to the world cup final just imagine how cool that'd be that's oh bro I, I would camp out i would i would absolutely camp out There'd i might no take reason. out a second mortgage just for that just to make it happen well, i'd sell a kidney go for five grand. I, got two, I, I got two perfectly good kidneys i'd sell a kidney i'd find a buyer <laughs> i like where this get is the, going black market on, deals to get world yeah, cup get, tickets get a, get on the dark web it's like i mean fifa's already making plenty of black market deals i mean look who's trying to run that look who's trying to host that uh that 2030 world cup yeah so yeah, they've been doing that for a while oh yeah it's you know it's all it's all black market money when fifa's around so, all right well but that, yeah. uh that sounds like a good place to end it i think uh james <laughs> um appreciate you jumping on dude um I was just looking at the calendar. We play we play the Manchester Derby at the end of October, the Sunday the 29th. You should uh you all should come down for that one if you're available. What time is the game? 10:30. Okay, that's doable. The Sunday yeah. at 10. Yeah, uh, that I might that might be one of those games where I can convince mom to call in sick, but we'll see. If she puts it in far enough, it might we might be able to do it, but we'll see what happens. Right on, dude. Well, appreciate you jumping on and uh 
You're a very uh, a very good guest. We'll definitely have you back on at some point. Thanks, Thanks a lot, James. I can't, I can't wait for the can't wait for the next opportunity. All right, man. Let's Talk to it. you soon. See you, See ya. back thanks again to james ward for joining us all the way from enid um what a guy um and i i said it was good to talk to him yeah i said it was good to talk to him joining us but he really is uh he and and his mom liz are are some of the most dedicated fans and the fact that they drive farther than anybody else to come to skinny's more often than than most people ever come to skinny's it it blows my mind so um kudos to them for being for being hardcore supporters um we love you guys and can't wait to see it skinny soon um, but let's let's jump into some other news uh, before we talk about the next United game. Um, just came across on the on the Twitters, excuse me, the X that United played a behind closed doors friendly against Barnsley today and won three nil. I guess there's not a lot of info out there, but a bunch of a bunch of the publications in, in England are reporting that Vanderbake scored, uh, Anthony played, um, and that Regulon and and Kabi Mainu were not. We're not part of the team. So that's all I've got. But I guess we we're beating up on Barnsley behind closed doors. So that's something. That's something positive, right? Already back to winning ways. Yeah. That's two in a row. We're calling we're calling that two in a row. <laughs> <laughs> um and another United news, the the ladies are off to a, a bit of a, a fun start to the season. They won their opener uh in dramatic fashion against Villa and then drew two two with Arsenal, defending champions Arsenal. Um should have won that game. And then played their first ever Champions League game just yesterday against PSG and and scraped by with a one one draw um, in the first leg of that. So um, maybe we should just start watching the United women play. And maybe maybe if the men can't figure it out, we just become a women's supporters group club. How's that yeah. sound? And then this this will be the women's supporters pods, and we'll just you know talk about them since our guys team is just not holding up their end of the bargain. There's still time to turn it around. Um, <laughs> But I but, know. Uh, Go ahead. I was just gonna say I I know that they've lost quite a few of their better players from last season. So for them to be off to this pretty good start, you know, considering the competition they've had to play, is 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 promising. Yeah, and arguably their best player, Alessia Russo, uh, switched switched uh, over to Arsenal, and she was playing uh, against United the other day, and she's really good. Uh, luckily, she didn't score. I think she hit the post once. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they uh they've definitely got a new look side doing this season. After I think they they finished second right last season, they were in it to the very last the last game of the season yep. and uh, needed I think Arsenal to to drop points. But um yeah, for a, a team that's relatively new and still you know got a long way to go to to compete with the best women's teams, they're uh, they're still they're still up there and fun to watch. So yeah, they I think most of those games are on Paramount and or the MUTV app. So um go check them out. They're uh you know. They win more than the men. We'll just say that. <laughs> um, but uh, for for now, for now, Tyler. For now, for now. Um, I mean, hopefully both teams just win it all. You know, they just yeah. keep pushing. Let's just let's treble, treble it up for both of them, or quadruple, whatever we can do. Let's get all the trophies. Um, and speaking of trebles, um, you and I were talking earlier about arguably the greatest documentary in the history of documentaries, Beckham on Netflix. Um, I got to watch all four episodes of that. Um, I know you're working on it. But um, it makes me kind of miss the glory days watching all the uh, 
all the the class of 92 and and uh, i hopefully it sheds some light on how great dave beckham was because i think a lot of people kind of forget that he was just an incredible player he wasn't just just wasn't a wasn't just a model or uh you know uh posh spices husband boyfriend or whatever just he's incredible and uh, a good dude too so um yeah i'm really i really enjoy watching that same i've really enjoyed it um i'm on the fourth episode right now and yeah it's been great um he's he's one of the reasons i became a united fan so i i really enjoy watching him i think he's just class just pure class um the way he crosses the ball i wish we had a player that could do that as consistently as he did and could provide you know some sort of threat from uh free kicks that are close enough to goal you know just having that threat was would always be nice yeah i mean i think we've got erwan basaka coming back who will be crossing balls in just like that soon um so you got that to look forward to alan and then mason mount uh with his corner kicks and delivery so yeah we're between the two of them, it's basically the same thing. I mean, come on. Yeah, basically, you know. And then we just got, you know, Slabhead McGuire right there in the box, heading the ball, you know, somewhere. <laughs> but uh, I thought that they did a really good job. I'm surprised that as many people they got to be on that. I mean, I guess I'm not – I shouldn't be surprised. It's Netflix and Dave Beckham's an icon. But, yeah, it was really cool. They, they had so many former teammates and, like – Sir Alex Ferguson's all over that thing, which is which is good that you know they're on good terms now. After the way there was a falling out there, that most people are aware of and everything. But um, yeah, if you haven't checked it out yet, do so immediately. It's it's really good. I mean, they they kind of play up the drama a little bit, I think, in certain parts. And um, agreed. Yeah, but you know, it's still it's it's really really good. And what a what a career. Um, Did I you follow you- United very closely back then? Like yeah, so I, I started watching, I mean, late 90s, and I really got into it right around, right after the treble. So, like, David Beckham was one of the first players I latched on to. Um, yeah, I mean, I uh, there were times where I, I had a faux hawk. Um, I thought long sleeves, long sleeves were the coolest thing. I shaved my head at one point thinking that was cool. It did not look as cool as David Beckham, unfortunately. <laughs> but I uh, I tried all those things. He was definitely influential, um, I think, for most for most players. Yeah, I love Bex. And I saw something that he uh, – I guess they're they're talking about him coming back as an ambassador at some point, which I don't think he's got time for that. But it'd be cool if he got back involved with United in some form or fashion. That would be amazing. Yeah, I've heard if if uh, Qatari take over, then they're really wanting him to come in as one of the ambassadors. So for that'd sure, be cool. Well, he's he's got his hands full in Miami right now, but I mean, yeah, uh, I'm sure he's got time and would love to. He's he's United through and through, and that that definitely comes through on on the dock. So. Shout yeah. out to Bex. Uh, there's only one day of Beckham. Um, there's also an interview on YouTube, uh, the overlap with Gary Neville, and it's it's really good with David Beckham as well. And they go over the the um, the documentary and his career with United. So that was a good. I've already watched it, even though I haven't finished the documentary. <laughs> um, but it it was a good follow up to to the episodes. Yeah, and Gary Neville, a a big part of that documentary too. He's like all in that thing. I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah, it's uh, a relationship yeah i mean yeah i mean like we we're talking about rashford and and shaw i mean david beckham and gary nelwood on the right um what a partnership that was um it's unfortunate that you know we couldn't get a couple more years out of bex but at the end of the day you know it was probably the right move we we got a, an adequate replacement i guess in christian ronaldo who came in and did okay so um it worked out um but yeah but um yeah dude we've united back to Back to reality. We uh 
we have international break right now and then we come back and we play Sheffield United um on Saturday the 21st at 2 p.m. that would be uh bottom of the table Sheffield United are we going to win Ellen are we going to win that game good grief we better we better stink and win that game yeah they their last 5 games are four losses all by multiple goals except Tottenham somehow and then they got a draw against Everton way back at the first weekend of September. Their, so one, they are, point, their one point is against Everton. Yeah, they they are not in good form. Um, surprisingly, they've scored less goals than we have, so that's a good start. Um, and they, they, only have gave, a, they only gave up eight goals to Newcastle, so that was that was impressive. Yeah, yeah, their uh, their goal difference is pretty bad at minus sixteen already. So. Oof. It is it is at Sheffield, so that will make things a little bit testier. But it's still a game that Man United should be winning and should be winning comfortably. But uh, with this team, I don't really see us doing a whole lot comfortably. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, if there was ever a time for some guys to uh, score some goals and get some confidence, this, this would probably be it. Um obviously we don't know what's going to happen over the international break, how many minutes guys are going to get or injuries that might come out of that. But uh, you would hope they come back rejuvenated um, and ready to just put Sheffield United to the sword, no pun intended uh, for the plates there. But so after we, after Sheffield United, we play Copenhagen and city. So like um, we need to be picking up points now. Um, yeah. Cause then I mean, we have a pretty decent run of games after that. Um, and then December it picks up again, but we uh we dropped the ball in a couple of games recently, um, and we have to make sure we're we're still in the mix of the top four. I think the title is probably gone, unfortunately, and then we all thought we were in with the shot there, but um, yeah, top four very much on the card still, and got to be getting getting points at, against teams like Sheffield United. The good thing is uh, the game against Copenhagen is at home, and the game against City is at home. Um, and then we also get Newcastle at home to start off November in the Carabao Cup. So that's that's not too bad. And, and like you said, these are the, the games that you should be getting some points and building some confidence. So hopefully we can do that, especially going into that city game. But November doesn't look too bad. I mean, we have some very winnable games in November. So we should really be uh, <clears throat> pushing on, in, in my opinion, and starting to build some uh, – cohesion and, and confidence going into the the always difficult december yeah i hope so man um yeah if if we're not in the mix come uh come boxing day then it's it's going to be a long second half of the season um well hopefully we get some people back from injury by then too in december and um, we true. can start closer to full strength yeah i mean i guess regulons close to being back. Um, Luke Shaw's another month away. I still haven't heard about Erwan Basaka, what's going on there. And then yeah. Manu, um is apparently close to Martinez will be out for a bit longer, obviously, but um I'd be back, I bet too pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, I think Veron was a wasn't that big of a deal, but we'll see about that. You never know with him. Uh but yeah. Um like I said, uh, Saturday, the 21st of October at 2 p.m., another 2 p.m. kickoff uh, will be at Skinny Slums for that one. Um, well, give us give us a prediction, Tyler. What do you think is uh, going to happen? Well, we're not we're not keeping clean sheets, are we? So uh, let's go. Remember that prediction you made about Onana at the beginning of this podcast? Do you remember that? 
No, I don't remember anything from the beginning of this podcast. Um, <laughs> I just remember that I predicted Harry Maguire and Scott McCominay winning the game for us last weekend. That's all I remember. And then, okay. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, uh, let's let's go three one. Um, we'll we'll be at two nil, concede, and then and then score another a late goal. Uh, Hoyland, Hoyland, Rashford, and. Oh, Harry Maguire with the goals. <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't like that? Come on, come on. Love it. I would love it. I would. I would take that. I would love to see Harry. Harry doing that. You know, he's gotten so much stick. Which, I mean, I don't know. I I feel bad for him a little bit because I don't think it's all well deserved. Um, he hasn't been great for us, I would say, but he hasn't been as bad as people have been giving him a hard time about. And, you know, like we said earlier, he he did well for us last game. So I would love to see Harry, you know, coming on, stubbing and getting late, you know, headed goals. Now that'd be awesome just to finish games off. That'd be great. Um, yeah, I I think for my prediction, I'm going to go 2-0. I think we'll, we'll keep them for once uh, out of our goal and we'll get a couple. And I'll go with Hoyland getting his first Premier League goal as well. So right on. All right, Alan. Well, that's a. Uh, it's nice to do a podcast after a win. We've done too many where it's it's been pretty uh, pretty negative. The energy's been bad, but you know what? We're on the up and up. It's uh, it's October, and we got some guys come back from injury and a decent enough schedule. So, as a hunter would say, um, you know, we're we're the optimistic ones. Um and he and he loves that, I know. So we're gonna keep being optimistic and, and hope for the best. If if we don't win the next game against Sheffield United, then we'll definitely just turn and just be as negative as possible. But until then, this is the positivity podcast. That's right. Uh, right. I, I enjoy the positivity. I think it's the way to go. Um I get kind of negative on our chat during the games, you know, our threads. I get I get a little negative when stuff happens, but as soon as I I, I you know breathe and let out the the frustrations i start thinking a little more clearly and realize that you know it's not all bad i think i think there's some promise so let's let's just keep keep the hope you know that's right that's a good way to good way to end it keep the hope all right alan um we'll see uh we'll see at skinnies uh in what 10 days all right i hope to, i hope to be there right on my tournaments coming up so i don't know which games i'll be able to be at but yeah i hope i hope to be at skinny soon because it's been about a month so i need to come all right man we'll uh we'll talk to you soon come on you reds that's right up the reds